is the main event. What you gonna do? If you're some man, best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. Woo! Yeah! Who is? I am the game. Costoco said so. Oh my God! What I'd like to have right now. Rest in peace, Waterrush. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. Are you ready? Everyone has a price. Yeah, I come here to fight. Sandy innovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. Introducing your old school pro wrestling nostalgia podcast, Beyond the Bell. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday night, April 7th. It is the greatest sports and entertainment spectacular of all time. It is what the world is coming to, WrestleMania 2. Ladies and gentlemen, WrestleMania 2 on April 7th will be seen by a closed circuit TV in many arenas, theaters, and high schools throughout the metropolitan area. Ladies and gentlemen, it is without question the greatest sports and entertainment event of all time. Be a part of it Monday night, April 7th, WrestleMania 2. This week, we go back to April 7th, 1986. We're on the road to WrestleMania, and this week, we relive WrestleMania 2 here on Beyond the Bell, courtesy of the SNS Radio Network. I'm your personal ring announcer, independent ring announcer extraordinaire, Sean Beckerman, back with you. To bring you all things retro and wrestling. And this week we're going retro as retro can get. The second ever Wrestlemania. This is the first ever Wrestlemania to take place in California. In fact, there were three venues for this year's event. But to fit our theme this month of Wrestlemania content. As we cover the Wrestlemanias that have taken place in California. We started all off with Wrestlemania Two. Tonight, we look back at the background of the event, the event itself, and yes, I use the plural, themselves, because there are multiple events, three venues, we cover all the matches, and we tell you how good or not so good they were, plus we cover the event and its place in history. Plus, our old school theme of the week, all this and more, get ready as we take you back to WrestleMania 2. Welcome to WrestleMania! Welcome to Chicago for this portion of WrestleMania 2. Welcome to WrestleMania 2 right here in Los Angeles, California. Macho Man is shooting on YouTube. Still Macho Man's feet are on the road. He got the three count. Look at that dumpty right on his head. George Wells is still unconscious. We're going to see the fur fly in this with his Rowdy Roddy Piper boxes, Mr. T. Piper resorting to the wrestling. Piper disqualified. The following contest is a flag match. The winner will get to raise his colors high. And this battle royal is underway. Football versus wrestling. Oh, he threw a right down on the end, but it's all over. 
titles on the line here in WrestleMania 2. What a tremendous confrontation this is going to be. We have new tag team champions. I'll tell you, this is going to be one heck of a tag team match. JYD just don't know what hit him. Oh, uh, here you got it. Hogan and Bundy inside the steel cage. Bundy going to the door. The laughter of one year prior had largely subsided. Those who felt Vince McMahon had zero chance of succeeding with a closed circuit venture called WrestleMania were no longer shouting at the prospect of his failure. And the silence was filled with McMahon's chuckles instead. The event was an overwhelming success that opened channels that allowed McMahon and the World Wrestling Federation to swim into the mainstream and gain a new audience. Success is a funny thing because it can lead to two diametrically opposed reactions. One can either rest on their laurels, comfortable with the knowledge that reaching the mountain's peak is enough to satisfy anyone's adventurous side for the rest of their days. On the other hand, a person can be dissatisfied with success and begin to look for another mountain to climb. Vince McMahon, of course, is always looking for that mountain. After wetting his feet in the pay-per-view market with Wrestling Classic the previous November, Vince McMahon decided that WrestleMania's next incarnation would have to, as he'd done with the first WrestleMania, do the unthinkable. With the knowledge that he had had wrestling's biggest stars under his thumb, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Rowdy Roddy Piper, amongst others, McMahon split the promotion into three groups and put them in three different time zones, in three different arenas, with four matches apiece for wrestling's first true triple cast. Nothing like it had ever been attempted in professional wrestling. After all, a pay-per-view emanating from three locations across America, Long Island, New York, which I attended, Chicago, Illinois, and Los Angeles, California, there still were some doubters that McMahon once again dove too deep and was in over his head. And so, on the only Monday WrestleMania that has ever taken place, 12 matches, four titles would be decided, and celebrities galore would be on hand as well. Tonight, we cover WrestleMania 2. For the event to work, there would have to be a balance between the cities. Therefore, it was in McMahon's best interest to come up with as even of a divide as possible. For the New York WrestleMania 2 portion in Long Island, McMahon was banking on Rowdy Roddy Piper and his big mouth to fill the Nassau Coliseum to lead the show. His opponent would be a nemesis from one year prior television and movie actor Mr. T, now WWE Hall of Famer, was designed to stir the pot a few times more. The match would take place not with wrestling, but with boxing. A boxing match between Roddy Piper and Mr. T. Ten rounds of solid boxing, Mr. T, with spoken Joe Frazier in his corner, meeting Rowdy Roddy Piper with Lou Duva in his corner. Recently, we talked to Mr. T about this one. I'm on the 18th set right now, but I'm still training for the big match 
on April the 7th against Roddy Roddy Piper. I've been punching out everybody, punching out my bodyguards, sparring partners. Hard to find somebody to, to stay in the ring with me. I tell you, for you kids out there, I know I kind of let you down on March the 1st, but it wasn't my intention. I tell you, they double-team me, they did some sneaky stuff, but I'll be ready this time. I'm boxing and jabbing and hooking and punching. I tell you, I've been trying to get guys to stay in the ring with me, paying them big bucks to stay in the ring with me. I tell you, I'm over one guy, a diamond ring. If he can stay in the ring with me for nine rounds, I got to get ready for Piper. All right, Mr. T, as serious as can be in Rowdy Roddy Piper, I couldn't help but notice you in the background eyeballing that special cut with Mr. T. Ten rounds of solid boxing, and you've got a coach, don't you? How do I have a coach? An Olympic coach. An Olympic coach trains the Olympic champion. I thought, you know how tired I am of listening to... I pity the fool. Have you any idea how... Oh, tell me something. How come you wear all them chains around your neck like that? As if it's to get drug around, huh? How come wasn't... Didn't Martin Luther King just have a national holiday? I was in favor of it. I thought it was a good thing. How come he runs out, throws a bunch of chains around his neck? That beats me. A guy says to him, he says, what's going to be the rules for the boxing match? You know what he said? Well, we, we going to punch a lot. Nah! You're ribbing me, T. You're going to punch a lot. And who are you training with? I'll tell you who you're training with. My fella's got Olympic champion. Remember, you're training with the guy that couldn't make it. You're training with the guy, Joe Frazier, that sat in the corner, you know, and after that, he punched him and punched him and punched him. <laughs> I, I give up. If that's what he's teaching you how to do, then it's perfect for you. Because I ain't no Mr. T and never will be. Piper and T, for their parts, were filmed in heavy training for the belt. Each man would be flanked with luminaries from the boxing world. T was trained by famed heavyweight boxer Smokin' Joe Frazier, and Piper was given Hall of Fame boxing trainer Lou Duva. Also on the New York card, Macho Man Randy Savage, the future WWE Hall of Famer, would defend the Intercontinental title that he won two months prior against George the Animal Steel, who seemed more interested in Savage's squeeze, the lovely Miss Elizabeth, than being champion himself. In Chicago, McMahon booked a match that was as timely as it was intriguing, two months removed from the Chicago Bears shuffling and crushing their way to winning Super Bowl XX, a battle royal was put together featuring two Bears, rookie defensive standout William Refrigerator Perry and Jimbo Cover. Not only these two monstrous athletes were in the match, but as well as other well-known players of the day, Harvey Martin, Bill Freilich, and etc. Also, the battle royal featured many famed wrestlers, including the Hart Foundation, Bruno Sammartino, the Iron Sheik, Big John Studd, and of course, wrestling's battle royal king, Andre the Giant. If that sea of oversized humanity was not enough, Chicago would also be treated to the world tag team titles being decided. As the Dream Team, Greg the Hammer Valentine and Brutus the Barber Beefcake would defend against the British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid. The teams were seconded by the eclectic duo of Captain Lou Albano and heavy metal icon Ozzy Osbourne. Now we go out to Los Angeles where the third and final part of the show would take place. Of course, it would involve the leader of the WWF, the face of the company, Hulk Hogan would headline the Los Angeles portion. Hogan was paired up with the monstrous Atlantic City villain, 
King Kong Bundy with the WWF Championship on the line. The stage was set several weeks prior with Bundy injuring Hogan's ribs on an edition of Saturday Night's Main Event. This was done with a series of serious splashes. For the first time since becoming champion, Hogan had never looked so mortal. You know, I just got done saying my prayers, man, and I just got ready to start hanging and banging. And when I started to squeeze the bar, brother, when I started to pump the 24-inch pythons, man, Yes, I did feel the pain, you know. Yes, I did feel the separation in the lower ribs, the small muscles of the lower back, you know. And when I felt that pain, man, all it did was drive me on, made me train harder. Because King Kong Bundy, mastermind magnificent Morocco, and the henchman Bobby Heenan, they set me up, brother. And I live this thing every day, man. Yes, I live with the pain, man. I can handle it, though, you know. Because I get a chairman of the board, let's say, my main man, Mr. T, right here, the chairman of the board of the Hulk Hogan Battle Creed of Ethics. That's right, brother, that's right. The first thing on the agenda says, never surrender. Never. Tell him, man, tell the him. The second thing says, even if your body says no, your spirit always will. Tell him, tell him, they don't and hear the you. the last thing is, when everything's on the line and all those Hulkamaniacs are waiting for you, whether you're busted from head to toe, uh -huh. if you've got one good hand left, yeah, brother, yeah. You crawl towards that ring uh -huh, with everything yeah, you've yeah. done. You climb in that steel cage. Uh -huh. And then King Kong Bundy, if you want the gold, brother, yeah. if you feel like selling your soul, then try to beat me, man. That's right. Try to beat me down in the center of the ring. Because, Mr. T, brother, That's right. there's no way with all the things no way, man. going with uh -huh. us, all the Hulkamaniacs, you better believe you on my side, brother. I hear you. No way, King Kong Bundy. Somebody so negative, somebody so far in the uh -huh. dark, it's gonna take all the Talk life, to him, brother. all the spirit, everything we believe in away from they us. They don't hear you. They don't hear you. Los Angeles, you better hear me. Uh-huh. I'm coming home. I'm going back for my pride. I'm gonna get back at King tell Kong, him, buddy. Tell him. In the steel's cage that we're climbing in is gonna leave a lot of nasty scars on That's King right. Kong Bundy. That's right. Adding to these curiosities of all the participants, as well as the viewers alike, there were the additional celebrities selected to be on hand. For one thing, every commentary team featured a female star to accompany the well-known WWF male announcers. In New York, Vince McMahon worked alongside actress Susan St. James, wife of McMahon collaborator NBC executive Dick Ebersol. Over in Chicago, Gorilla Monsoon and Mean Gene Okerlund worked with actress Kathy Lee Crosby. Perhaps the most unusual trio of voices belonged to the team in the City of Angels, as Jesse Ventura was tasked with carrying not only Lord Alfred Hayes, but also Mistress of the Night, Elvira. What a combo. With three arenas, three cities, 12 matches, four championships to be decided, a boxing match, a battle royal, and a horde of celebrities... Would the WWF thrive yet again? Well, let's break down the card and find out. Paul Orndorff went to a double countout with Don Morocco to kick off the Long Island portion. One of the most bizarre matches in WrestleMania history. For the WWF Intercontinental title, Macho Man Randy Savage defeated George the Animal Steel in just over five minutes. Yes, not one of the Macho Man's classics because the story just involved George going after Elizabeth. But we got the Macho Man on WrestleMania. Jake the Snake Roberts defeated George Wells in just over three minutes. The boxing match, the headliner between Mr. T and Roddy Piper. As we all witnessed Mr. T defeating 
the hot rod by disqualification in the fourth round. A little over 13 minutes. Fun while it lasted, Piper was the greatest heel of all time. It wasn't a great match, but it was worth to look just for the last itself and to see if there'll be any legitimate heat between Mr. T and Piper. Let's flip over now, or let's fly over to Chicago. The WWF women's title was on the line. The fabulous Mula defeated Velvet McIntyre in just over a minute. Then there was the flag match between Corporal Krishner and Nikolai Volkov. Krishner won in just over two minutes. Then there was the Battle Royal. Andre the Giant won the 20-man over-the-top rope Battle Royal, last eliminating Bret the Hitman Hart in just under 10 minutes. A very short Battle Royal. William the Refrigerator Perry wrestling Bruno and Sheik going at it. This match had it all. What was most notable was Andre the Giant throwing Bret the Hitman Hart over the top and Jim Neidhart barely catching him to save the event and the battle royal itself to make it look aesthetically pleasing. But the legendary first ever WWE Hall of Famer Andre the Giant headlined the Chicago portion by winning the battle royal. Then there was, which was surprisingly, the last match of the card, which was for the WF Tag Team Championship. Most thought the battle royal would end off the show or that portion of the show, but we saw the tag team titles on the line. The British Bulldogs defeated the Dream Team in just over 13 minutes to win the tag team titles. This was an outstanding match. Even Brutus Beefcake brought the goods for this match. Now we fly from Chicago to the state that will be the home for WrestleMania 31. This city for this WrestleMania was Los Angeles. California was the home for the third part of this three-venue extravaganza. Let's kick it off. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat defeated Hercules in just over seven minutes. Giving Steamboat seven minutes, and he'll give you seven minutes that are still great, no matter who it is he's in the ring with. Next up, adorable Adrian Adonis defeated Uncle Elmer. The Funk Brothers defeated Tito Santana and the Junkyard Dog. This is an underrated WrestleMania classic. A wonderful mix of chaotic brawling and good tag team wrestling. Plus, there's a table spot in the match. And it's 1986. This is my honorable mention for match of the week. Go back and check it out on the network. Then, for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship in the Big Blue Bar Steel Cage match, Hulk Hogan, the immortal one, defeated King Kong Bundy in a little over 10 minutes. Satisfying main event. Bundy bled. The cage exit spots were dramatic, and Bobby Heenan got beat up. Plus, Rick Schroeder was there for some reason and <laughs> mixed up in this match. But it fit the ending for this great event. Some say it was telegraphed who would defeat Hulk Hogan, but Bundy made it legitimate that he could possibly beat the Hulkster. But once again, he leaves WrestleMania the victor. And this is his first ever championship title defense at a WrestleMania. Your entrance to that cage match was just pure genius theater. The way you came out, you scaled the cage. I remember Bundy was looking up to you, calling you down onto the canvas. Yeah. You scaled down, you tore the shirt off. I think on the cage, you tore the shirt yeah. off. 
got on the floor, threw the belt on the floor in front of Bundy, and then you two went at it. It was a, just an amazing piece of theatre and a great match. And uh, what can you remember about Bundy as an opponent? Because I remember for years, King Kong Bundy used to give me nightmares. He was one scary dude uh, to look at. He really was. Well, you know, when I say people are heavy-handed, it means you really can tell when you get hit or kicked. Some guys in the ring are, are such professionals that you have to kind of watch what they're doing so you know what's happening to you. And Bundy, out of everybody I've worked with, he's probably as close to Andre as I can really? say. As far as hitting you or slamming you or kicking you, I just remember when he kicked you, it felt like he was going to kick you and push you through the next wall. Wow. He was very heavy-handed, so I really had to mentally get up for working with him because he was young and just really strong and big. And I just remember WrestleMania two with that cage that Vince had built. It was just big iron squares. You know, I just remember in the dressing room after the match, I had lumps all over my head. It's not like a chain link fence that you can run wide into and you're fine. You know, it may get cut up a little bit, but the chain link fence is very forgiving. This iron bars that Vince came up with yeah, it was very unforgiving. So, I just remember at the at, after the match, I had so many lumps all over my head from the from the cage. It was uh, it was quite a night. I was worried because we had separated WrestleMania in three venues. Yep. We had Piper and Mr. T in New York, I think, and we had a lot of the NFL stars in a battle royal in Chicago. Timing wise and separating the event, it just felt real herky jerky, and and I think we learned our lesson not to ever do it again. Who was the hardest to wrestle because of his size out of these three big men? King Kong Bundy, Andre, or Yokozuna? Bundy, without a doubt. When we return after this quick break, we look back at its place in history as WrestleMania 2 was in the books. Was it successful? We recap it right after this quick timeout. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey there, old school fans. Miss the Attitude Era? Miss the Texas Rattlesnake? Well, Beyond the Bell is here to cover your needs. Host Sean Beckerman presents the Stone Cold Chronicles, the history and career of the legendary Hall of Famer Stone Cold Steve Austin. Relive Stone Cold's historic career chronologically from his early days through WCW into the World Wrestling Federation, the ringmaster to the Attitude Era as Stone Cold was born, leading to his legendary status and the Hall of Fame. So get ready to stop a mud hole and walk it dry on the Stone Cold Chronicles exclusively on the SNS Radio Network. Give me a hell yeah! We've yet to have an event since that took place from even two separate locations, except for the final Nitro simulcast in 2001. While it was an interesting experiment to attempt the wrestling equivalent of a New Year's Eve special that gradually goes westward, it's probably not something to try again, especially in this day and age, especially how big WrestleMania has gotten for one venue. Looking past this event, 
over 40,000 combined fans attended the show. And, or I should say, the whole event in general. And while the buy rate numbers don't appear to be available for this specific show, the fact that WrestleMania 3 took place a year later should mean that the numbers were good enough, right? Of course. WrestleMania 2 is not often regarded as a great show by any means, but then again, we do judge the event on modern standards. No, there was no true show stealing, you know, four and a half star classic, nor was there meant to be one really if you look back at it instead the event did what it was supposed to do showcase the larger than life stars on a big stage highlighting the biggest feuds of the day and setting a number of scores the rock and wrestling machine kept rolling well after the show ended so one could say that wrestlemania 2 was successful thank you so much fans for joining us as we kick off wrestlemania month here on beyond the bell we archive every WrestleMania, but this month we cover all the WrestleManias in California. Connect socially to Beyond the Bell on Twitter and on Facebook, on Twitter, BTB Cast, as well as Sean Beckerman and Ring Announcing, all Twitter handles for Beyond the Bell and myself, as well as go to snsradionetwork.com for all the archive shows, as well as the rest of the shows on the SNS Radio Network, and go to the official website for Beyond the Bell, btbcast.com also catch us on soundcloud soundcloud.com forward slash btbcast if you want merchandise go to the snsradionetwork.com forward slash shop for all of the sns merchandise throughout the entire network we continue on the road to wrestlemania on our next edition of beyond the bell we present to you the first part of our wb hall of fame series this year of course it's the 2015 edition next week we relive the career of rikishi as well as the celebrity inductee arnold schwarzenegger next edition of btb so let's take it home with some old school music for these special wrestlemania retrospectives i decided to make a little twist in the old school theme of the week and we'll take you back to one of the biggest songs of that time number one on the billboard single charts of 1986 was that's what friends are for by diane warwick gladys knight elton john and stevie wonder the hit song of that year that's what friends are for will take us home this week on beyond the bell so until our next edition as we kick off the 2015 edition of the WWE Hall of Fame, reliving Arnold and Rikishi, this is your old school party host, Sean Beckerman, signing off. Until next time, stay old school, my friends. Chance to say that 